You know, one of the greatest blessings as a leader in CMDA is to watch God transform people's lives and work in them and through them in new ways that they never imagined. And that's one of the reasons I asked Mark and Mona to come join us at the microphone. Uh, Mark is a physician, uh, lives not too far from here in Virginia, went on a global health outreach trip to Ecuador and found the experience to be life-changing. And through subsequent trips and prayer, have made the decision and have now sold their practice, their home, and are getting ready to head over to a country that's frankly hostile to Christians, one where it's not only difficult to witness, but even difficult to live. I wanted them to share their story. I think you will be challenged and inspired just as I was. What caused you guys to end up heading off to some foreign country, different culture, a religion that's not very hospitable to uh, Christianity? Let's let's just kind of go back to the beginning. T- tell us, start on this journey, Mona. We'll start with you. In about 2003, we went on a medical mission trip with CMDA. This was our first medical trip of any kind. Our first mission trip. And we went to Ecuador, and Mark worked in the pediatric section, and I worked in the dental lab. And my chief qualification for working in the dental lab was that I wasn't afraid of blood. (laughs) (laughs) But I think God stirred both of our hearts after that trip. What, What did it do for you? I mean, Mark, I mean, you guys are experiencing this together, which is always important, but what did it do in your heart? I mean, why why did this have such an impact? I remember the first morning where we we were in a hotel in Rio Bamba where the team was staying, and um, I went out to read my Bible for a little bit on this little patio where you could see Mount Chimborazo. It was a beautiful mountain, so so big it looks like it wouldn't be right if you painted the picture. It's too close. <laughs> I was reading in First Peter chapter five, the second half of um, verse five of. Chapter 5 says, uh, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I re- as I read that, I just, tears just started flowing. And, I mean, that was something that I, I didn't do at that point. I was a guy, you know, I'm, well, I'm still a guy. <laughs> and um, But, I, you know, I didn't tear up or cry. You know, yeah. I just, that's not something I ever did. And my only explanation is really the Holy Spirit was moving. The God was really speaking to me through his word. Was that happening to you too, Mona, or what was going on with you? I remember being there during the week, and we were riding in a, a large bus, and I remember us turning the corner, and there was a, a, a woman in a very little, like a little shack with a little dirt floor, and she was sweeping her floor, hmm. and she waved, and she she had just such, such a sweet spirit of contentment, hmm. and... I left there really thinking that I was the poor one mm. and that these people were rich and that there was a great a great joy in being among them and working with them. So how did God begin to use that? I mean, then what happened? You came back, it's practice, it's busyness, it's, you know, community things going on, church things going on. A lot of people, that's where it kind of ends till, hey, I want to go on another mission trip. Mm-hmm. Something more happened to you guys. What was it? Yeah, I think I think both of us came back 
thinking that we were interested in long-term hmm. service. And uh, it was a real challenge to you know, see if, if we really believe what the Bible says, if we're really going to follow Jesus. And then, you know, what are we willing to do and what is he calling us to do? But I think both of us, I mean, God was gracious that we were both kind of on the same page. It, yeah. I think when I came back, I was, I had never ever really thought of serving overseas. So I was hesitant to, to I didn't want to be riding some spiritual high and talk about something that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really spoken to anyone about it. I was praying and thinking and praying, reading the Word. And at one point I remember reading... First Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen it says, "Do not quench the spirit hmm. and again, that was another example of God speaking to me through his word when i i just I knew that that this wasn't something I was coming up with on my own and and at that point, I had the courage to talk to my pastor and friends and and later family to, um, to say, you know, I believe God's calling us to go work overseas." A lot of people talk about, the, you know, I've been called. And others are sitting there thinking, how does that happen? I mean, and what you're really describing is a, a growing realization, God continuing to nudge and and uh, give you new insights and a burden. I mean, is that it, or do you describe it in a different way? I think because it was so persistent. Mm-hmm. Several weeks after our first trip, we met with the team leader and And he said, you know, most people have put away their pictures and forgotten it. So the fact that you're still thinking about it says something. But we met with our pastor, and we just couldn't get it out of our minds. Mm. And then we started taking steps to make ourselves more available to go on trips. We had a, a brand new home, and we were all set to live there for the rest of our lives. We sold our home and downsized to a townhouse. Mm. And now we've sold that, and now we're renting a little one-room apartment until we get ready to leave the country. But I really wrestled, and we had ups and downs in this whole process, which has been about five years. And I had a lot of fears and doubts. Mm -hmm. And my fears were not about a people group somewhere far away. My fears and doubts were about myself. And I kept telling the Lord that I I really wasn't the right person because I'm not strong and I have struggled in my life a lot with depression and Mm -hmm. I just really thought I would go there and I I wouldn't do well. And when we were looking at organizations to apply to, we found one in particular. And I just wanted to share a verse with you that the Lord gave me to encourage me during the application process. And you can understand how this spoke into my life because I have struggled with darkness a great deal. And this is from Isaiah 58, verses 10 and 11. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness Mm. and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and will strengthen your frame. Wow. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And so when we went to Canada school, 
and we were looking at places to go. We learned about a particular place that we're calling Narnia. <laughs> and uh, Narnia was pretty simple. I mean, it's it's a, a very poor country. We would not have running water. It, it was, it's a whole different culture. But we started thinking about it, and we actually got excited about it and thought, you know, this might be it. Hmm. So I... I laid a fleece before the Lord like Gideon, and I said, Lord, if, if you want us to go there, we're willing to go. But I, I need to know for sure that this is a place, because this is a really hard place. And so I asked the Lord that if, if he wanted us to go there, if he would make my verses from Isaiah, if he would just have these verses come up in one of our training sessions, because I thought they're not the typical go into all the world, or right. here am I, send me. And to my memory, I've never heard a sermon on these in my whole life. So I thought it would be particularly difficult. <laughs> um, so the dew on the ground and not on the fleece. That's right. So two days later, they gave us uh, ring-bound notebooks and said, open up to this page, and we're going to talk about how you would share your vision with people, just like mm-hmm. we're doing now. And you open it up, and it has a picture of the organization. And then the second page, big letters, it says, Isaiah 58, (laughs) verses 10 through 11, life verse. And then in big letters, there was the verse. So that was a real confirmation to me. I think also we have had good counsel from our pastor and from our mentors. Circumstances have worked out that the door has been opened and we have real peace in our hearts. So I think those have all confirmed. I think, I think one of the tendencies is to think that you have to be extraordinary to serve God. And my experience is, is he takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things through them. And uh, it's a matter of faithfulness and willingness to put yourself on the altar that makes the difference. And then God molds and makes you. And I mean, as you guys start down this road, it's a scary thing. I mean... Next is learning a language in Europe, then learning another language, and then learning a dialect. What is it, two years, two and a half years, before you even see where you're going to be actually serving uh, as far as being there long term. But God's faithful during those those days. So what's the next step? You guys are not too far from the launch here. What's next? Well, our next thing, we'll be working in a former French colony, and so... French is effectively like the trade language, and so we're going to study French, and we were advised to study in a French-speaking country, and we chose France. We had heard about a a language school that um, a couple of the team members had gone to and spoke well of. We also had some friends we met when we were doing our candidate training who ended up going with another organization who were also going to the same language school which we thought that was pretty neat of God to sure. to arrange for us to meet these people to be our friends in France. So we'll we'll plan to study for a full school year or, or about 10 months of full-time language training in French, and then we'll come back to the U.S. for a couple of months. Um, I need to recertify my pediatric boards, and I plan to take a review course after being out of medicine for almost a year. And then we'll um, go probably to North Africa to study some more language, about six or eight months 
and then um then lord willing we'll we'll go to work yeah where where he's leading us to work when you look back through this whole experience what would you say to those that are listening you've got this audience out there some of them have had that nudge and ignored it some of them may never even been on a short-term mission trip some uh really know they were called and they didn't go some are in process of going i mean they're all over the place some know they're exactly where they need to be. God has called them to where they are, and they're serving him there. But what would you say, looking back from this walk of faith that you've had for the last uh, five years, what kind of advice would you give? If you're feeling interested in doing something that most people aren't doing, to listen to that and to do what you can to to fuel that interest and not become distracted. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think the enemy would like to get us distracted and either interested in other things or bogged down in whatever's in front of us and uh, lose track of of what God is leading us to do. One thing that I've, I want to do in my life is I want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, to walk by faith, to really live out what I say I believe, mm-hmm. and to not settle for less than what God has. There are you know, many good things to do in life and things one can enjoy for a season. You know, I want to finish the race and I want to take hold of what what God has for me. Yeah. Mona? One piece of advice that we got on this journey, we're always trying to figure out the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. We want to see the whole plan. But God's lamp gives you light to take the next step. And so I would encourage people to take the next step and then the next step. And trust that when you take one even small step of faith, He will give you light for the next step. And don't be controlled by your fears hmm. because God has, has promised to always be with you. And it's, it's really all about trust. Well, guys, we'll be praying for you as you leave in just a few months and start this journey. It's going to be fun to, to not only pray for you, but to look and see how God uses you in the years ahead. I'm thrilled because uh, there's a lot of people in North Africa going to hear about Jesus because you guys have been faithful. Thanks for sitting down with me and uh, sharing a little bit of your heart. It's been a blessing to me, and I know it's been a blessing to many that are listening. Thanks. Thank you. You know, it's hard for God to steer a parked car. And too often, we just want to sit and wait for some revelation from heaven, some writing on the wall, a bolt of lightning, if God's going to move us out of our comfort zone. What a neat to see how Mark and Mona just walked in that light, took that first step, and God guided them. As we move, God's Spirit can mold, and mold our thoughts and our actions and our futures. So, I challenge you, think about what God may be wanting you to take that first step in.